You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you. It's going to be another interview, and this time I talk with Tim Trelore. Some of you may know by now that I am a big fan of Doctor Who. I've been a fan of Doctor Who all my life, and my favorite Doctor is the third Doctor. So I was a little worried when Big Finish announced that they were going to cast a new actor to play the third Doctor. But I've been pleasantly surprised by Tim's performance. He was very generous with his time. He sat down with me for a little over an hour. We were able to talk about his career in general. We talked a little bit about his interests. And then we talked a lot about his time with Big Finish. And I had a really good time. I think that you're going to enjoy listening to it. So we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. But before that, let's pause for a promo from another fine podcast. We are the Cigar Nerds Podcast. Do you like cigars? Great! We review cigars while talking about movies, TV shows, science, and pop culture news. What? You don't like cigars? Great! Because we also talk about science, movies, TV shows, and whatever's going on in the news. It's what we do. We smoke cigars, and we know things. Find us on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're also on the ESO Network. And we're back. And like I talked about at the top of the show, we have with us today Tim Trelore who many of you will know from the Third Doctor Adventures from Big Finish. But he also has other roles in stage and screen, which we'll talk about a little bit in the podcast as well. So first off, I'd like to welcome you to the show, Tim. Hi, Nathan. Thank you for having me. Hey, no problem. And thank you for bringing my favorite doctor to life. Oh, he's your favorite, is he? Yes, he is. Oh, that's good. Are, 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 you, that, are you that old, Nathan? No. Being uh, in America, we had all the doctors basically on television, depending on where you lived and whatever. So I watched the first six doctors pretty much in order from the time I was five through, say, seven or eight. Wow. So, I mean, it wasn't in order. I started with Tom Baker and then we looped around. Yeah. Funny enough, Tom Baker was my doctor as well. Tom Mm. Tom Baker was, uh, was when I was a kid. That was my mm-hmm. first introduction to Tom Baker. But what happened is we got to Colin Baker, who was the current doctor at the time, and then they didn't have any more, so they looped back to William Hartnell, and then I saw all the way through from there. Oh, and- wow. Okay. Oh, right. That's, that's really cool. So you saw them sort of, obviously, very much later than mm-hmm. when they were out, as I, as, I, as, I, as I guess that would be the case anyway. 
Yes. So much like how I came to Star Trek, uh, which is another franchise that I love, it was it was on reruns when I was a kid, and so I was able to see all those old Star Treks from the 60s. Sure, same here, yeah. But yeah, Tim, why don't you just give us a little bit of a background on yourself as an actor? Well, I've uh, been an actor for about 20 years. Oh, I left drama school 20 years ago. I trained at the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts. I, I went late. Um, I used to be a civil servant. I used to work in the law courts as a clerk of court, fun enough, at the Old Bailey, which is one of the big uh, law courts in London. Mm. And then I chucked it all in, chucked my lot in to join the theatre, as they say. And um, so, yeah, I've worked uh, a lot in theatre. Uh, where have I been? I've been at the West End and the National Theatre, the Royal Shakespeare Company. Mm. I've been on Broadway in America and in Brooklyn. And I've done a few films, some telly. And I do quite a bit of audio work, including a lot of radio. Well, I did, have done a lot of radio for the BBC. But probably more well-known, I guess, at the moment for playing the third Doctor, John Pertwee, for Big Finish Productions. Yeah, so if you don't mind my asking, why did you chuck in your job at the uh, courts to pursue acting? I, 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 I thought acting was, uh, was better than working for a living. No, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think at the, time, at the time I was doing um, amateur dramatics and um, in, uh, near where I lived in Kent, um, which is in the south, the south of England. And the, my girlfriend at the time was a student studying law. Uh, she seemed to be having so much fun as a student, and I was getting a lot of good reviews from the local press. And so I think I just got a little crazy and decided at the age of 28 that the best thing to do would be to sell my flat, my car, and everything I owned, and become uh, poor for several years, very poor for several years, as I watched all my mates buying houses and getting married and having lovely holidays and things like that, with my, and having nice cars. I was um, sort of eating beans on toast and, and getting my way through drama school. So, um, yeah, it was a risk. And, um, it's, it's, you know, it's had these ups and downs, but I, th- I think it's, it's been okay so far. Well, that's good to hear. Do you have any interests or hobbies outside of acting? I'm a big reader. I'm, I'm very into my history, particularly uh, military history. Mm. I, I go to the gym when I can, obviously not at the moment. I've not been able to go for the last few weeks. We, I got, I've done a bit of walking, but I've not been able to, to pump many weight moments. It's one of the things I didn't get in before this lockdown was I should have bought some weights. But, um, mm. So I'm, I, I occasionally use the odd book to lift up <laughs> to, uh, to try and get myself in trim but unfortunately with the lockdown the consumption of alcohol and um nice food has probably quadrupled quadrupled so uh yeah uh, that's my hobby at the moment is watching tv and mm-hmm. eating and drinking but i'm writing that's the good thing about this mm. I'm, I'm writing more i'm writing a play in a sitcom and i'm trying to learn to cook better mm. so yeah i'm trying to make use of this time but um you know Needs must. Right. No, no, I understand that completely. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of memes about how, like, uh, when the lockdown ends, like, everybody's going to have to go out and buy new pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true, yeah. Because we're all eating, but we're not exercising. <laughs> no, ex- that's right. They say, yeah, because your pajamas, it's, it's, it's quite sort of um, deceptive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Keeping your pajamas on because they've got elastic waist, mm-hmm. you know? They say you should try your jeans on once a week to see how you're doing. Right. Yeah, those old muffin tops, I'm afraid, are uh, 
are quite prevalent at the moment, aren't they? Right. <laughs> so there we are. You have to enjoy us. You know, you've got to enjoy yourself. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. With our choices so limited, Yeah. we have to find ways of amusing ourselves and keeping ourselves happy. Insane. Get, yes, get to it any way you can. Mm-hmm. I podcast so that I can still talk to people. <laughs> yes, that's good. That's very good, actually. Yeah, that's um, a job like that would be good. I mean, I do. I've done quite a bit of voice work, but um, I, we might be doing some more Doctor Who actually mm. remotely. I've been sent um, a special microphone. I'm not very uh, technologically aware, as you can probably guess, Nathan. But I've been sent a microphone with which I think we're going to record some some Doctor Who possibly if this lockdown continues for much longer. Yeah, I knew that Big Finish was doing at least some recording now during this time because they've been talking about that on Twitter and, and other yeah. venues. But I, yeah, I was about to, I was going to ask that as one of my oh, questions, sorry. whether you were... No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. We can do it out of order. That's not a problem. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's another way of keeping ourselves amused. Because a lot... I don't know how it is in England, but here a lot of the television shows have just stopped. Yeah, same here. Yeah, because they can't record new episodes, and I guess they're holding the ones that they have in reserve. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you've got a lot of rewrite. I mean, <clears throat> for me, I don't know about you, but I'm a, I'm really missing sport mm -hmm. at the minute. Uh, football and rugby, football as in soccer and rugby. I'm really missing it. It's I didn't think I'd miss it this much, and it's so they're they're starting to show old games now on TV, and even 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 play them on radio. Would you mm -hmm. believe? For this, the, those who are missing sport. But yeah, I imagine we'd be watching a lot of reruns of films and a lot of Netflix and, and Amazon and, and, and things like that, I guess. I'll, I'll tell you what I have started watching, which I never, ever thought I'd ever watch. I can't believe my girlfriend's got me into it, is Friends. Oh. <laughs> I never, ever watched it. I've never right, watched right. There's something about it. I went, that's the last thing I want to watch. You know, I'm into, put it this way, you know, I'm into war films and The Sopranos mm. and things like that. And so I, Friends, would, I thought would be the last thing I'd ever watch. Well, I've just finished Series 3, and I am an addict. <laughs> I am absolutely obsessed with it. It's, it's great. We'll be watching some tonight. It's fantastic. I know. I, know, I can't believe I've it. I watched the early ones also, but yeah, after a while, I, you know, it was, it ran for so long that it just got yeah. to be, you know, okay, I'm kind of sick of this at one point. Yeah. yeah, it's on Netflix, you see, it's on Netflix UK over here, and obviously Netflix has become an invaluable tool at the moment so right. um yeah working with it it's it's and obviously because it's light and and fun and nice you, you can mm. just you know, just let it wash over you you know mm -hmm. um well i mean so you just mentioned liking war films you mentioned the sopranos or any other either tv shows or movies that you're a very big fan of oh well we recently watched them um, that tiger king you've all seen that oh, my god that's mental isn't it I have not seen it. <laughs> oh, you've got to watch it, Nathan. It's okay. unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's great. I've been watching quite a few documentaries recently. I'm watching one, mm. funnily enough, on the Vietnam War. Not the Ken Burns one. There's another one that's on Prime. Uh, see, it's Sopranos. Yeah, I love that. I've just re-watched it, actually. I've got my girlfriend. My girlfriend's a bit younger than me, so mm. she'd never seen it. So I watched it again with her and that fairly recently. That was great. The Wire's great. Oh God, there's so there's so much. Can't we not watch a lot of comedy at the moment, especially. Yeah, uh, some good films recently. Have you seen Midsummer? I did not see Midsummer. That's freaky. If you've seen The Wicker Man and you like things like that, and I imagine a few of your fans will, that it, it's it's like that. It's 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 really strange, but good. I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. So you had mentioned that Tom Baker was your doctor. Yes. So 
did you consider yourself a fan of Doctor Who or was it just something that was on television that you just kind of saw when it was on? Oh, as a kid, I used to love it. Mm-hmm. As I say, I was a, as a kid when, when Tom was, was Doctor Who and I used to watch it avidly. It used to be on about quarter past five every Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I used to, the music used to scare me. I used to be one of the ones used to, you know, hide under the pillows when the music was on. Oh, I used to love it in canine. I used to adore canine. And it was great meeting, um, meeting John, you know, who, mm-hmm. uh, who voices canine. I've met him a few times actually now. Yeah, I, I, I such fond memories, but I did lose touch with it as I got older. When I got into other things, you know, I got, you know, into, into, into things like football and I don't know, girls and right. whatever. And so, yeah, and I stopped. And it's obviously then since doing it again with Big Finish, I've, re- I've, I've rediscovered it. Yeah, and it's a, it's a whole treasure trove, isn't there? Mm, oh, yes. You got into it, obviously, when it probably went to BBC America, I'm guessing, 20 years ago or whatever. And... It was actually on our local PBS stations before there oh, was really? a BBC America, and that's where I saw it. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've started watching other, you know, and I've, God, I've never seen that. Why? That, my God, that's so good. And, you know, I missed all the Sylvester McCoy ones and the, the Colin Baker ones and, and Paul McGann ones. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've still got them to, to watch, funny enough. So um, there's so much to watch and so little time, isn't there? Yeah, no, that's definitely true. And with Doctor Who, there's so much. Because yeah. now, especially with Big Finish adding to it, there is more content than I think most people can. Even even people who are fans of Big Finish, it's they, they pick and choose. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Like you said, the content is unbelievable. I mean... Mm-hmm. God, uh, you know, the fans must have blimmin' deep pockets. <laughs> I mean, wow. And, I, you know, and obviously, with, I know, you know, having had the pleasure of meeting a lot of the fans at various conventions all over, you know, including, like we mentioned, uh, Chicago TARDIS and um, Gallifrey in, in LA and, mm-hmm. and ones in England. You know the devotion that these fans have yes. for Doctor Who. So if you were a Doctor Who completist, oh, my God, you must have a few bob on you. You must right. have a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, the nice thing is if you started early like me, I believe I was five when I watched my first yeah. uh, episode. It's, you know, you have you have your whole life to sort of spread it out over. So yeah. it's not so much. It's not like you're just dropping all that money at one point in time. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. Oh, my. <laughs> so do you remember, did you start with John Pertwee and then go into Tom Baker? Or was it or your earliest memories of Doctor Who with Tom well, Baker? My earliest memories are uh, Tom Baker. But right. I, I think, I, I, I don't know whether, you know, it's a memory or whether I dreamt it. I think I remember a vague, I, I definitely didn't watch the John Pertwee ones at the, uh, at the time. Hmm. I definitely only started watching it with Tom Baker. How, when did he start? When Was it 1974? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, Pertree's last season was seventy four, so I think Baker's first was seventy five. Right. So I probably would have start watching it about seventy eight, seventy nine, maybe. So yeah. So so I I saw. I think I probably saw. I knew he played Doctor. Well, he played a character in my childhood. Uh, John Pert. We did called Wurzel Gummidge. I don't know if you. Yeah, I'm familiar. Uh, so that's how I knew John Pertwee. And that's funny enough how I got into the voice. When, when sometimes I'm in the studio, I sometimes ac- have to access Wurzel Gamage's voice to get in <laughs> to the character, believe it or not. Oh, that's cool. If I haven't got the right tape on me. Sometimes that'll be my go-to voice. Mm. So yeah, that's how I, I, I first became aware of John Pertwee. But then obviously I knew he played a very dashing doctor with his fantastic cape and, and, and hair and... Yeah, he's brilliant. Yes. Absolutely brilliant. Fantastic actor. Obviously, I've watched quite a lot of him in action, you know, as research. 
Mm-hmm. And it, he was actually a really, really, really good actor, you know. Yes. Fantastic actor, so precise. And I know he had that, obviously, that, that similar desk, that speech mm-hmm. problem. Yeah, I think it was, I don't know what, exactly what it was. Katie's mentioned that quite a bit. But he, so he was very, very precise in what he was saying because he was so conscious of his S's mm-hmm. not coming out correctly. It's one of those things that in later years and here, cause you know, Katie's done like the companion Chronicles or yeah. Richard, you know, they've done those sort of things and they sometimes talk about it or it comes through in the sort of their performance of, you know, when they have to read a line for the doctor or whatever. But uh, it's something that I didn't notice when I was watching. It's only in hindsight after hearing yeah. them talk about it and hearing them that I'm like, Oh, I guess he did have that you know, quality to his voice, but he was so good about hiding it. That's exactly right. Apparently Kate used to say every time he had um, lines with a lot of S's in it, like the spaceship is in the sun's, you know, sunlight, he'd go, oh, why are they giving me these bloody, you know, he'd he'd have a tantrum because there'd be so many S's in it. Mm. But obviously he was so, and he took it apparently so seriously. It was an actor, apparently, you know, mainly working in, in comedies before Doctor Who. And that was his first really big serious role mm-hmm. and he took it apparently so he was took it so seriously and took it so to heart that it was it was so important for him to to sort of you know step away from the comic role and play this very precise and very you know um, very sincere and this big you know this this wonderful english gentleman mm-hmm. but yeah it's wonderful watching him it's 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 a master class actually yeah no i mean i feel completely the same way that's why he's my favorite doctor like I don't feel like he always got the best stories. I think that Tom got the best writing and stories uh, overall. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there are some stories that I think that John had that were excellent. But I feel like as a doctor and as a performer, I enjoy watching him the most. And he's the one that if I could meet one, you know, if the doctor was real and I could meet one, he's the one I'd want to meet. Yes. Yes. I don't you mean I've unfortunately I I never had the pleasure of meeting him. Mm-hmm. But I met I met Tom on several mm-hmm. times because I I've, I've worked on Tom's on audios for Tom's doctor. Mm-hmm. How, how was that meeting Tom since he was your doctor? Oh, it's wow. It's very it's very as, as an actor you don't normally normally get starstruck. I don't normally mm-hmm. get starstruck meeting other actors because I just go well I, I I do the same job as them, but I get starstruck occasionally over I, I met Paul McCartney. I got like really starstruck there and I met Paul Weller I don't know you he's my big musical hero but not usually over actors but I did over Tom when I met him and he was just a fantastic guy you know all the stories are so true <laughs> the way he is it's just this you know I can't do the voice but this <laughs> this humor is fantastic he's just a very funny uh, wonderfully cherubic man you know <laughs> right he, he was lovely, and in fact, it was it, it was him. I, I him and Nick Briggs, who, as you know, is um, one of the producers at, at Big Finish. Mm-hmm. They were the ones who actually got me the gig, really, as the third Doctor, because it was my first job for for Big Finish in one of Tom's audios. Mm-hmm. And Tom, I was playing some Victorian sort of lord, a zombie lord, a Victorian lord who was, who was conquering space. You know, one of those <laughs> stories, and. Uh, Apparently, halfway through, Tom said to Nick, he sounds like John. So it came from there, actually. It was Tom Baker. Yeah, and for anyone interested listening at home, that episode is called Destination Nerva. Destination Nerva, that's right. Yeah, uh, that was great fun. Yeah, that was my first introduction to to the Big Finish world. And Yeah, and to meeting Tom. And he's, he's just, oh, he's just lovely. Lovely man. Very lovely man. 
since we've since we've opened the subject of other roles in Big Finish, you also did Return of the Rocket Men with Peter Burvis. Yeah, that was great fun. That's right. Yeah, I can't remember what's my character called now. I can't remember. Oh, oh, I, I, you know, I've got I've got them all behind me. All all the I can't remember his name, but that was great fun. Yeah, playing mm. they're sort of like space cowboys almost. Yes, that was really good fun. And working with Peter, who I remember when I was a kid watching um, Blue Peter, mm-hmm. which was um, a kids program over here. And he was one of the, the the presenters when I was when I was a kid. So meeting him as well was wow, you know. And we had a couple of pints after. It was great. It's fantastic work with, with Peter. He he's been a presenter for so long that he's just so natural with audio, and it's just yeah. so pleasant listening to his voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? It is the same with Tom, Tom and Peter. Yeah, they just got that wonderful, yeah, that wonderful sort of almost old fashioned voice. When I say old-fashioned, I don't mean out of date. I mean, mm-hmm. sort of, wish we all had that, <laughs> that, sort of, that sort of skill, you know. Mm-hmm. You can't imagine them dropping their, their letters, you know, dropping a G and dropping a T, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know personally, but I've read a lot about the making of Doctor Who and, and things of that nature from the old, but I, as I understand, the BBC was very, wanted everyone to speak very precisely in those days and they didn't like accents or things of that nature and everyone had to sort of speak in a certain way so i I don't know if that training's part of that it probably is you know it probably is it's only you know the 60s really you had the emergence of people talking in regional accents you know Mm. the tom courtney's and the albert finney's people like that up until any right it was the you know the bbc plummy voice so they they sort of almost beat your regional accent out of you mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was the same in america whether you had to play you know speak expanded american and you know whether they disapproved of say a texan accent or a new york accent i'm not sure but certainly over here it was yeah it used apparently used to be very much like that and you, it, it's reflected isn't it when you watch the old films and things mm-hmm. Every, everyone talks like that and all that you know even the villains when they're trying to do cockney They've still got that sort of like, you know, this ridiculous accent where they're trying to do common. Yeah, I don't think that that was the case over here because I've seen lots of old television and it's not. Uh, I think that they were more understanding. But America is also, you know, the United States is a bigger place. Yeah. And has a lot more variation. So I don't know if that is part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I suppose you can't really... Yeah, I can understand that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I don't know. It's probably part to do with the class system over here, is it? Mm. I mean, I shouldn't maybe get into politics. Right. I don't know, but um, <laughs> we'll start ranting away. But I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, the class system's probably got a lot to do with it. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, that's probably part of it. So you've been rewatching a lot of Doctor Who. So do you have a, a favorite story or even a few favorite stories that you're like, oh, wow, this one was just really good? I, I, in terms of the names of stories, I'm never very good at the names of stories. Oh, sure. What I sort of know is what I, my favorite is this, any story with the Cybermen. Mm. Definitely. And the Daleks. But I think, I guess that's probably everyone's, everyone's <laughs> favorite. Eh? <laughs> oh, but I agree with you. The Cybermen over the Daleks. You know, a lot of people say the Daleks are the best, oh. but I, I think the Cybermen are the best villains. Oh, God, they terrify. They, they, they still terrify me. There's something just, I don't know. It's the sort of almost indifference of them. Yes. That is terrifying. You know, you can, you can deal with evil almost, mm-hmm. but it's the indifference of the Cybermen, which is, which is terrifying. So, so was that exciting when you got to do your own Cyberman adventure? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, gosh, yeah. We had to keep that secret as well mm-hmm. for ages. Um, yeah, that was really exciting doing that. But I, in terms of story, I, it's really, I really like the Planet of the Spiders, you know, mm. which is a John Pertwee 
one. I really like that. And there's things like that that just stick in your mind. I don't know why it is. I mean, I haven't seen so many of the newer ones yet, but I'm, I, you know, I've yet to discover all that, uh, you know, with the Jodie Whittaker and Peter Capaldi mm-hmm. ones. I haven't really sort of delved into those ones yet, but they're certainly on the list. Sure. What's your, what's your favorite ones? Oh, um, Front, Frontier in Space with John Pertwee yeah. is one yeah. of my favorite stories. There's just so much good world building in that story. Yeah. And I think the sure. Draconians are one of the most interesting <laughs> yeah. aliens that, you know, because it's not, and one of the things I like about the Pertwee stories in general was what Barry Letts and Terrence Dix were doing with those seasons was that they were trying to get away from the idea that aliens are monsters. Uh-huh. Aliens have their own culture. That's, that's, this was the yeah. thing that they were trying to oh. show is, you know, aliens have their own, we might not understand it or whatever, but you yeah. know, they have their own legitimate points of view. Yeah. Yeah. Another one that I really like from the Pertwee era is Inferno. Right. Yes. I can't, I can't, I can't picture it, but I know, I know exactly what you mean, but I can't, I can't picture it quite. Oh, it's the one where um, there's the, uh, they're drilling. And there's yes. the stuff that's bubbling up from the surface. When people touch it, they turn into these like yes. uh, almost werewolf-looking, but they're green yeah. sort of things. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I really the like mutant, that one. Mutant, the mutant is like, similar to the mutant. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, mutants was more like a natural process for that race. This was something that was being done, like people would touch it and they would change. But yeah, it's as far as the changing part, that's similar to the mutants. But, but you're right about, you know, when you say about teaching people that these aliens have their own, you know, however evil we see them, they have their own sort of culture and they have their own systems and belief systems. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because, you know, that's a great way of almost teaching about things like history, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, about how to look at other people and how to judge, you know, how not to judge other people, you know, just on the basis of, right, I don't understand them. They're therefore either evil or this or that. Mm-hmm. But different points of view. I mean, obviously with Doctor Who, you know these people maybe these aliens are evil mm. but as you say they have a some sort of you know a system it's not just cartoon evil right you know i mean i'm probably rambling on now oh no 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 no, no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean uh but uh, yeah also from tom i really like pyramids of mars i don't know if you know that one Again, it's the names I never remember. It's yeah. like I never remember the names of episodes of things. Mm-hmm. I just know, you know, I go, oh, yeah, it's that one. It's that one. I'm not very good with that, unfortunately, with names. Yeah. Pyramids of Mars has all the mummies. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, a lot, a lot of my favorites come from that third and fourth Doctor kind of era. Well, do you have a favorite story of the ones that you've done? I've got to say, they're all great. I have to say that, don't I? Because I don't know who's listening. <laughs> But yeah, they're, no, they're, they're all actually, that's true. I did one with the Daleks. I think it's in volume uh, five, which I particularly enjoyed. That was written by Nick Briggs. I'm hoping that's right. It's volume I'll three. You know it if I don't, it's, it's volume three. It's volume three. It's called The Conquest of Far. But that's it. I, I have them all in front of me right now. You can see what isolation is doing to me, can't you? <laughs> right. My brain has just turned to mush. Mm. Yeah, I particularly like that one. But they're all great, you know, because I'll tell you what, the whole, the whole, the, the event of doing it is fantastic because you've got Katie Manning who is who's just mm-hmm. like a, this force of nature and, and Nick Briggs, who is a fantastic, wonderful producer. It's just so much fun. It's mm-hmm. wonderful fun we have when we go in there. So we just, we just have a blast mm-hmm. doing the stories and, you know, it's a, it's a brilliant atmosphere and, yeah, so they're all fun. You know, when I think of when I do the, the, the third Doctor, 
I just, all I think is fun, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm, oh, great. I'm seeing Katie and Nick and uh, we'll be traveling through space and time and and all these wonderful stories that are written for us. It's, it's such a pleasure to do it. I can't tell you. It's it's really an honor to do it. And especially, you know, the, the, you know, you can't fill obviously John Pertwee's boots, but Katie is so supportive and so helpful. Were you intimidated a little bit when you knew that you were going to be working with Katie and Richard in that first set? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I remember, I remember it. I remember going to the studio for the first day and taking Nick aside because I, I, I'd known him obviously from doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, look, Nick, do you mind if we go in and have 10 minutes just so I can just get into the voice? Because I'd done so much research, obviously. But then once mm-hmm. they, they told me that's, you know, I was going to do the doctor, I did so much research. So I thought I was ready. But obviously then you've got two of the originals there. Mm-hmm. The first one was obviously with, with Katie and Richard. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I was like, it was terrifying but they were so supportive they were so supportive you know and it really really helped me through if they had been different kinds of people Mm -hmm. and they'd been you know not necessarily worse people and what i mean is they'd been less sort of vocal in their encouragement and that's fine you don't have to be spend all the day encouraging someone else but Mm -hmm. they did and it meant a lot it just really gave me so much confidence and they could have just sat there and go, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But they didn't. They were really going, oh, my God, that's brilliant. Okay, now, what John used to do was this. Blah, 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 blah. And what I've learned to do, and this is through Katie, is when I'm struggling a little bit is to adopt his physical mannerisms. So, for instance, you know, he does a thing where he um, puts his finger on his chin mm-hmm. and strokes his chin, or he puts his hands sort of on his lower back when he's making a point. Or he has his hands almost sort of half bent up. There's certain things he does. You know, he has hands on the waist. And, and she, will, she, will, she will look at me and, and do those things. And she will look and she will put her hands on her, on her waist. And then, so I'll do the same. And suddenly you find it again. But it's, it's, it's Katie has been, honestly, I, I, I can't tell you how much I owe to Katie in terms of being the third doctor for, you know, big finish and, and nick obviously as well because mm. nick's brilliant and he you know his sense of humor is fantastic because he knows i fret he knows when i'm in there i'm, I'm suddenly like oh god i can't do it i can't do it and he'll just go shut up you blah 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 you know, <laughs> i want some words but in his in his brilliant withering sort of funny bantering way mm. and it's just a wonderful wonderful atmosphere and those people sort of make that make it make it succeed really so far yeah, I had the pleasure of meeting Katie at this last Chicago TARDIS this past year. I, I kept telling them, because I want you and Katie to be there to get you, you know, because you came 2016, she was there last year. Like, I want the two of you together because I want to see that sort of interaction. Where's this? Oh, that, this was Chicago TARDIS. Okay. Well, I'd come over again. If you can make this happen, Nathan, I'm coming. <laughs> I'll come. I love America. I love being here. Every time I go to America, I just... Have an absolute ball. I, I love being in America. Oh, I, I don't have any authority over the convention. I just make suggestions oh. to them and they're free to do whatever okay. they want. I will suggest away. I'll be over there in the shot, obviously. All right, sure. Probably not for the next couple of months, but you know. Right. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> Chicago TARDIS is always in November. So hopefully this will be passed. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. I did have a great time going to Chicago TARDIS. That was a brilliant convention. Mm hmm. Uh, and I had the pleasure then of being able to st- I stayed for a couple of days after and had a little look around Chicago. What a fantastic city that is. 
yeah, if you come back, you should, because uh, Milwaukee is just like a stone's throw away from Chicago. You should come up to Milwaukee and uh, yeah. and see the sights. Definitely, love to. As I say, every, I love America. I love going to America. It's just one of those places I love. And I'm not saying that just because obviously your your audience are probably mainly American. I just do love it. And New York is my favorite city in the world. Mm. So, um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Katie's kind of a force of nature. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. But she's one, isn't she such a wonderfully kind person? Yes. She, oh, and so, so tactile kind. with people she doesn't even yeah. know. Well, exactly. You know, when people go to, you know, they go to conventions and straight away she goes, right, who's giving me a hug? Mm. You know, it's what, a, you know, and I, I know that means so much to, to some people. She's just, yeah, she's so giving, isn't she? Mm. Yeah, so generous with the time. And, you know, on Twitter, you see her on Twitter, she's always putting out sort of good thoughts to people and taking time over people. Some people who are, you know, especially at the moment, struggling a little bit with what's happening. And she's always there. You you know, I've seen a couple of people saying, oh, I'm, you know, and then she'll comment. And, you know, she gives her time like that, whereas most people don't. Right. But she does. And it's 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 just wonderful. It's, it's quite humbling, actually. I, I really, yeah, I'm very, very fond of Katie. Yeah, she seems to take a personal interest in the people that she's talking to, she which does. is very nice. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. When, when, yeah, you, you see her talking to people, and I think you believe you, you're the only person in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, when she's talking, to, she's just fantastic. Yeah. We, we, we are going to get. I have promised I'm going to do this. We're going to, you know, the the famous picture of her with the Dalek. She's got her clothes. <laughs> yes. We're going to get a t-shirt with me with me doing it. <laughs> I think, and wear it at a convention. Or with her, with me, where you know we were in the t-shirt with her doing that. Oh wow! <laughs> okay. We've been talking about doing it, but whether we will, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, you talked a, a bit about uh, Katie. How did you uh, find working with Richard? Richard was fantastic. As you said, he's only done. I think he's only done the first. He only mm-hmm. did the first box set. Yeah, he was. Oh, he did. Of course, he did. I did Gallifrey with him last year mm. in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, he was fantastic as well. And he was very encouraging. I mean, he's, he's a bit more reserved than, than Katie. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone, I think, is uh, more reserved than Katie. <laughs> but, yeah, but again, he was very supportive and helpful and a very nice chap. And the same with John Benteen as well. Mm-hmm. No, John Benteen, Sergeant Benteen. <laughs> yeah, Love. John Levine. John, yeah. Yes, uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, John, I hope he's honest. But <laughs> John as well, he was... He was very supportive and helpful as well. Yeah, John Levine is uh, is also uh, an interesting character. At least that's how I found him. Yeah, he's a very interesting character. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he's another force of nature, isn't he? <laughs> right, yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. It's, it must be something in that 1970s water. Yes. <laughs> it's got to be, isn't it? I think you're onto something there. <laughs> because, yeah, I hope I have a fraction of the energy that he and Katie have when I'm their age. Oh yeah, tell me about it. I, I I have thought that before. How do you keep that energy up? You know, you you see people who are like twenty years younger than them, sort of struggling to get up mm-hmm. out of their seat, and those two they're bouncing around. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you want that type of energy when you're that age, don't you? Yes. Yeah, it must be something. I reckon it's well, they're all kids of the sixties, aren't they? You see. Yes. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> there might have literally been something in the water. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely something in the water there. I imagine a few people probably put something in the water. Right, exactly. 
So when you were cast, did you ever worry about the, because I mean, I'm sure even though you weren't connected really with the fandom of Doctor Who, that you knew there was this big fandom. Was there any sort of worry about what are the fans going to think about Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Absolutely. I mean, I tried actually to put that out of my head really, because I think Mm. you've got to. It was the same with actually being able to do the job. I sort of put faith in the fact that I've been asked to do the job, so um, my focus was on trying to be able to deliver it as opposed to sort of going to pieces. Mm-hmm. So I tried not to think about too much about the fan reaction because, of course, you know what, how passionate and devoted the Whovians are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it, I was so delighted when I, I tried to ignore any of the press initially. Mm-hmm. But I was delighted at the reaction. You know, obviously, there was a, it's always going to be people who go, you were committing sacrilege and you need to be hanged because John, you know, John is a God and how dare, you know, of course you're going to get that. But luckily that was so few and far between and they're entitled to their opinion too. You know, they're, that their opinion is as valid as anyone else's, but yeah, most of the fans have been fantastic about it. So that was really, really nice. And now you've had obviously people like John Coleshaw mm-hmm. doing the Brigadier and Daisy Ashford playing her mum. Mm-hmm. And also you've got first doctor, you know, David Bradley being the first doctor. So, you know, it seems to, uh, people have got used to it, I think, a bit, a bit. Yeah, did you hear that Sadie Miller was just cast as Sarah Jane? No, I didn't know that, no. Yeah, she's playing her mother's role. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's doing one with Tom. Okay. Oh, wow. There we are. Well, okay. So, great. You know. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, it's it's becoming more of a thing. I, I'm actually surprised that they've recast the Brigadier and Liz and uh, Sarah Jane before they've recast the Master. You yeah. Know, Roger yeah, Delgado. Yeah. Because he's been, he, he passed so long ago, you know, that you figure that right. that's more of a thing where, you know, because some people, you know, because Elizabeth Sladen was very recent, you know, uh, Caroline John, very recent, and Nick Courtney, yeah. very recent, that some people might be a little more iffy about that, but. I've been looking forward to actually having Third Doctor Adventures with the Master, and it hasn't happened yet. Right. Well, watch this space. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I'm, I'm pretending now. I don't know. I imagine they will be looking at that. Mm-hmm. How long ago did he did he pass away? It was the mid-70s. It was actually the reason yes. why he wasn't in the final season with John was because yeah. they had one scripted, but he, he uh, was in a car accident before... Yes, they could do but it, is yeah. it is it because the master has been sort of remade as the mistress, whatever mm-hmm. is you know whatever it's got, and yeah, and hasn't someone played and Jeffrey Beavers played it, didn't he? Yeah, with with Tom Jeffrey Beavers played it, and Anthony Ainley played it with Peter Colin and Sylvester. Right. Okay. Well, I reckon they're going to be onto that somewhere at some point. They've got it. They've got to be, haven't they? Right. Yeah, and that's the thing though. Those were different. Those were different regenerations of the master, and so that's what I'm saying. In the same way that you are performing as the third doctor, someone could perform as that version of the master. And that's what I've been sort of waiting for. Yeah. I, I'm not allowed to say too much, I don't think. <laughs> no, no, I know. I know. I, I, I wasn't trying to lead you into saying, I was just saying like, that's something that I personally have, have been looking forward to. <laughs> I think it might happen. I think it might happen at some point. Okay, sure, sure. But, yeah, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, I don't know too much about it, but I'm, I'm sure they're looking at that. I'm sure they are. So you've mentioned a little bit about your process for recreating the third doctor with doing the different things that he does, you know, performance wise, physically. How do you sort of get into your third doctor persona? Is there more to it than following, you know, the movements and whatnot? 
Oh, I usually drink half a pint of scotch and smoke about <laughs> 10 cigarettes. <laughs> um, hey, whatever works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it works, it works. Yes, is the answer. Right. I've, so I've got, my phone has got some recordings of the doctor on it, which I will listen to in the studio. I'll stop sometimes between scenes and go, Nick, I need to have a quick listen. And I'll just listen to that. I'll have done, before we record, I'll have done a couple of weeks just watching and watching the performance and listening to his voice and reading the script and picking out places where, because he was very emphatic, wasn't he, in certain words. So he had mm -hmm. a I think, a sentence. He said, we are going to do that. You know, there'll mm -hmm. be certain words that he'd pick out, be very precise, you know. And so just remembering where he used to emphasize and be emphatic. That, so it's not an impersonation as such. It's trying to get an essence of him mm -hmm. in his speech rhythms. And part of that will be because they were doing TV, live TV, a lot of the time, and they didn't have that much time to rehearse, you know, mm -hmm. not as long as you would have with a play. And obviously he was a, a theatre actor mm -hmm. as well. So you usually have more time to learn your line. So sometimes he'd you can see where he's struggling you know he's trying to reach to remember the line so he would emphasize certain words in certain sentences in order to help him spur him along and it's just a matter of trying to get into that it's really weird to say and i don't want to sound too like sort of actory you know when i'm talking about it. it it it's trying to sort of see what he where his mindset is as he's recording and you can see that as an actor because you can look at other actors. You go, ah, they are thinking this at the moment. They are struggling to find that term. They are, what's that line again? This, you know, it's it's quite hard to explain. Uh, but it's looking for his emphases, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Emphases, <laughs> yeah, and just seeing where he would where he would sort of pitch various things, you know, mm -hmm. and, and making sure the s's are slightly thick. If you know what I mean. So he'd say. Um, I've got a story, you know, whatever. I'm not doing the voice at the minute, but he would sometimes he would just push the voice like that because he needed to be able to get it out of his mouth mm. because he had a certain, you know, he had this speech, slight speech problem, like I've just got now, just saying that. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned like Katie was coaching you because I feel like even though her voice, of course, doesn't sound anything like John's when she's done like those companion chronicles and mm -hmm. things like that, where she's narrating the whole story, except with one other actor in there with her, that there's something just uncanny about her performance as the doctor where she just gets this sort of feeling of you feel like John's there, even though the voice doesn't really sound quite the same, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's she's really good with that. Yeah, she's brilliant with that. And she does it. She actually does the voice with me sometimes in the studio. Mm -hmm. And she will sit there when we're not recording. We sit in the green room and she will talk about him and give me some stories. Mm -hmm. And she really is like a, 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 a like a really good acting coach, to be honest. And yeah, and she she does. She does that thing. And, you know, because he used to smoke as well, you see. And I used to smoke, but I haven't smoked for three years. So he's it, got that, you know, that part of the voices that is from all the fags, you know, he's smoke. But yeah, so yeah, yeah. but he's, he's a great character to watch. And uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, he played quite, did you know where big his wartime role? During the Second World War, he was in the Navy. Yeah. And he used to, I didn't know about this until fairly recently, that he, he was sort of briefing Churchill hmm. with things, apparently. Oh, I knew he was in the Navy, but I didn't know that he used to brief yeah, Churchill. Oh. 
I think it was something to do with British intelligence somewhere, but I don't know quite in what capacity. But yeah, I think he was involved with briefings, you know, in briefings with Churchill, which, wow, I didn't know that. Wow, that is, yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it makes him, yeah, more, more interesting to, to learn about. Do you feel constrained because with most roles, I would think that you can just go to them and just be like, this is my interpretation of the role. But you also are looking at the interpretation that another actor had for the role and imitate. Do you feel that constraining or is that sort of comforting to have that to sort of inform your performance? Yeah, it's comforting. Yeah, the latter, definitely. It's a sort of like a little spine Hmm. that's there. You've got the sort of basis of the character there. You're not coming to it fresh where you're going, oh God, how do I make this really, you know, um, into a human being? You've already got that essence of John Pertwee's third doctor there. Mm-hmm. You've got that there as the basis. So, you know, as I say, I, it's not an impersonation because I think if you impersonate solely, you lose the acting. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of just getting the essence of him and sounded, trying to sound like him, but not that, not letting that dominating how you do the performance it's it's you've got to you've got to be truthful as well to what his performance in 1971 or 72 would be like because his style of acting is of its time mm-hmm. and so you know obviously he was acting now he would he'd be acting like we do in 2020 but th- those performances and katie's they were of its their time those programs were british tv in the early 70s it's comforting. It really is. And it, it's really helpful because you know that type of performance. It's a very theatrical performance, mm. which you don't see so much on TV nowadays. Yeah. Have you met Sean Pertwee? I haven't. No, 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 no. He lives over there, doesn't he? He lives mm-hmm. in LA, I think. No, I haven't met him. No, I don't know. I'm sure he'd smack me in the face if he saw me, but... You know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw he was at a general science fiction convention, not here in Milwaukee, but in Atlanta that I went to. Yeah. And I sort of feel like watching him is like watching how John would be today. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he'd be. Uh, I mean, luckily, he, he's obviously not wanted to do it. It keeps right. me in a job. Right. So, you know, I'm not going to complain too much if he doesn't want to do it. But his, his face and his voice are so much like his father's. Mm. Even when I'm watching him on other programs, I think I'm watching John Pertwee, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess they did a a John Pertwee Doctor Who thing on TV. I imagine he'd probably do it, which would be, mm-hmm. there we go. But yeah, while he doesn't want to do it, it just keeps me um, able to do these, you know, the recording. Yeah. I don't know that it's always works best though, to have a family member do the part. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think, you know, a lot of people I know who've got actor parents or famous parents, where they don't want, you know, they'd rather be their own person. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd rather be seen as themselves as opposed to, who, the, who their parent was or is, you know, mm-hmm. getting deep here. <laughs> yeah, because just as a quick aside, with the second doctor, you know, I've heard David Troughton mm-hmm. do the second doctor and I've heard Fraser Hines do the second doctor. And yeah. I feel, in, you know, David, it's nice because he has a voice that's so close to his father's and he mm-hmm. can sort of do that. But Fraser, I feel like because he worked with Pat doing the yeah. doctor that he yeah. gets that sort of like uh, what you were talking about. It's not an impersonation, but it's uh, sort of yeah. just the essential like cadence yeah. of the, of the role. And I feel like he yeah. does that part better. Yeah. There's another one whose energy I'd like in 20, 30 years. Yes. Fraser Hines. He's another one. It's amazing. Because <laughs> yes. I imagine I'm already bloody grumpy now. Mm-hmm. What am I going to be like in 20, 30 years time? I mean, these people, they've just got this wonderful energy. Yes. 
And Fraser's got that great energy as well, isn't he? And I know, I know David. I worked actually. I worked with David on my first ever job, mm. with my first theatre job um, at the Royal Shakespeare Company, doing Shakespeare. And, and I've worked with his son as well, Sam. So uh, yeah, the Troutons, fantastic. And actually, my first agent was the first Doctor's uh, not daughter. I'm going to say yeah, daughter. Oh, okay. Or maybe granddaughter. Yeah, Jessica Khan. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was my first agent. Yeah, she was Hartnell's granddaughter, yes. Or his, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. She actually wrote a biography of her grandfather that I've read. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So I've got the connection there. Right, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's very cool. Knowing what you do about just Doctor Who in general, are there any characters that, if you hadn't been you know, offered the role of the third Doctor, is there something where you were like, oh, it would have been interesting to play either that kind of alien or that particular you know, Doctor yeah. or companion? Davros. Mm. Full stop. Davros, definitely. Fantastic. <laughs> what a character. Uh, do you find that playing villains is more fun than playing heroes? Every time. Yeah. Every time. I mean, I've done quite a few for Big Finch. I'm not, I'm, because of the Third Doctor stuff, they don't really want me to do other parts in it. I understand mm. that. But I've, yeah, I've played some of the villains. Oh, it's better. It's so much fun playing villains mm. in every respect, you know, on stage or TV or or on screen it's just it's just more fun i don't know why it's something in our psychology isn't it i guess but yeah definitely villains but davros was a yeah he terrified me i remember i remember the first time actually seeing him on tv being wheeled out and going what is this half dalek half sort of alien thing it was absolutely terrifying yeah and still is it just still is it's weird you know it's just a rubber mask mm -hmm. whatever but it's just there's something about it i don't know why it's the music they put to it you know the sound effects i don't know but there's something magical that obviously keeps so many millions of people devoted to it isn't it yeah well i mean it originally portrayed by michael wisher yeah very great performance there also and just this deranged scientist so you know that's informed all the other davroses since so yeah I, yeah I totally get that one that's a that's a really good one yeah so we mentioned a lot of the people that you worked with as far as people who had a connection to john but somebody that i'm just personally curious about uh, doesn't have any connection to the third doctor's era but you worked with on rise of the new humans you worked with rufus hound who plays the new incarnation of the monk what is it like working with him yeah, great. I think he thought we were all mad. <laughs> I think he tweeted something saying they're all mentally ill, but they're lovely. Mm. It's something like, I can't remember. He's put something like that on Twitter. I can't remember what it was now, but yeah, he was great. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, it's about two years ago, wasn't it? Two, three years ago? Yeah, it came out in 2018. That's right, yeah, because he, he used to be a comedian. On, on, uh, he was known as a comedian, mm. and he, he, he switched to acting. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I've got some memories. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. I think we chatted a bit. I, I can't I can't remember too much about. The, I, I I can so I've got sort of pictures of of doing it. Yeah, yeah, it was great doing that with him. Yeah, he's a very funny man and very good. Yeah, he he seems funny from his performances, which is why I was asking if uh, you know yeah. about that. Yeah. So, are there any Doctor Who characters or villains that you would like to show up in stories of yours down the line? More Cybermen, more Daleks. Mm. I've mentioned them already. I'd like Davros to be in there because we've talked about the thing is where all the ones I like we've mentioned um, Davros. I do you know what I'd love to see the maggots? What were, mm. they, what were they called? What were they called? They had a name. They not they weren't the Atto eels, were they? No, they weren't the Atto eels. I'm showing my ignorance here. Like you know, I'm I'm uh, compared to you, I'm going to be quite ignorant about 
the Doctor Who. I mean, this it's are they Atto eels the maggots or are they just maggots? Uh, you giant maggots is all I've ever I only recall yeah. ever hearing them called. Yeah, because I did. We did do one story with the Atto eels, mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun. What is great about the Doctor Who? villains and monsters it's the nastiness of them and the sort of the no holes barredness mm-hmm. of them if they are slippery and slithery they are very slippery and slithery mm-hmm. if they're evil they're just worse than hitler aren't they yeah i don't i don't know i don't know i couldn't answer what, what my favorite would be this there's, there's just a cacophony of nastiness isn't there in that whole world yeah but the daleks and the cybermen i think for me are the ones that i know it's the obvious answer but they're the ones that stick more in my sort of memory. Well, there's a reason why those are the top two, you know, monsters on Doctor Who is that yeah. m- most people feel that those are the, you know, are the best villains. So yeah, yeah, I totally get that. As I say, the spiders thing, the spiders did creep me out when I watched it, probably obviously not at the time, mm-hmm. but probably watching it a few years later. That's that stuck out and that gave me nightmares, I think, those spiders, mm. because the way they grabbed onto the back. And the queen, and the queen. Do you remember the queen, mm-hmm. the queen of the spiders? Her voice as well freaked me out. Yeah, I believe that was Kismet Delgado. Oh, was it? Who was Roger Delgado's wife? Yes. No, it was it. Yes. Oh my god, your knowledge is incredible. Here. <laughs> yeah, they they um that was sort of like a a, a thing they did because uh, you know Roger had just passed, and so they they gave her this work yeah. to do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we mentioned, or I mentioned that uh, Sadie Miller had just been cast as Sarah Jane. Would you like to do some stories with her down the line? I'd love to, yeah. I'd love to, yeah. Work is work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love to. I don't, I don't know her. I'll have to look her up now. You mentioned that. Yeah, I'm sure. So she's done something with Tom, has she? Yeah, it hasn't come out yet, but the Big Finish has announced it, that it's coming. All right. Have they done that sort of under the present circumstances? Uh, I don't know if it was recorded. It was probably recorded before the lockdown, yeah, I think. Okay. Well, it's weirdly, where, where I live now is only about 10 minutes from where Tom lives, mm. where I've moved to now, because we record, when Tom, we record it in a different place than we do the other ones. Mm-hmm. We do it near Tom's home, which is in near the East Sussex border, which is right south, south of England, as opposed to going up to London. So I'm hoping I'm going to get invited to do more of them, because they won't have to pay my train fare, because it's only about 10 minutes away drive. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Save yourself, save yourself some time. Exactly. Exactly. So do you have any ideas for things that you would like to do, you know, as far as like story ideas or things you would like for them to give for your doctor to do? Oh, I've not thought about that. I wouldn't dare to ask, to be honest, because you've got so many good writers there Mm -hmm. who produce stuff. Oh, gosh. You're going to make me think now. (laughs) I'm going to think about what sort of story I could suggest. Oh, wow. Can any one of your audience come up with something and I can pretend it's my idea? Oh. <laughs> well, sure, we could crowdsource that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I could suggest it. I don't know. I couldn't think. I'm going to think about that. Okay. I'll think about it. Well, you can always just message me with something and then I can just yeah, insert it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. As I say, look, we're, we're what? Four, how many weeks? Four weeks nearly into this mm-hmm. lockdown. My brain has turned slightly to mush. I will be honest with you. Sure. It's the sharpness is sort of gone as you're sort of like, you know, pad between bedroom and front room and kitchen in pajamas with a beard. <laughs> you know, not allowed to do anything or go anywhere and being terrified going to the supermarkets. Mm-hmm. That's awful. 
that's a, become a horrible experience. Yeah. Going to the supermarket has become, and I, I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm, um, people, are, if they're not two meters away from me, I, oof, gosh, I don't, do you have that rule there? Uh, well, it's six feet here because we're still using yeah, the so yeah. We have two, yeah, two meters, which is about the same, isn't mm -hmm. it, I think? Two meters, yeah, we have the two meter thing. And if people are not obeying that, oh my God, I am terrible. Mm -hmm. I've become this, this, this really vengeful, vindictive, Davros type person. Yeah, I completely understand that because yeah, that's the one reason I have to go out too. Still, is the is the grocery store, and yeah, I really wish I lived in an area where you could get groceries delivered. But where I live, that's not uh, an option. Yeah, yeah, that sort of occupies my mind at the moment. Mm. Right, I've got to go out to the shops in two days' time. How am I going to avoid other people? It's one of those things. Anyway, sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people listening at home are also nodding their heads. Yeah. And I'll tell you what is the worst thing. I live near the coast as well. Mm. And you know, the whole thing is you only go out to exercise. We, I don't know if you have that there or mm -hmm. if it's different day to day. We have the thing where you can go and exercise, which is, you know, go for a run, go for a walk, but don't hang around. Right. But there's people bloody sunbathing on the beach. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was hot. It was hot last weekend. And there was not many. I've got to say, most people are being good. But there was still a couple of people, and I wanted to throw stones at them, but my girlfriend sort of got annoyed at me for suggesting that we should burn these people with flame flowers. <laughs> yeah, she got very annoyed with me, my intolerance. Yeah, I mean, it's not near here at all, but in Florida, they were still, there's always uh, what they call spring break, which is when all the colleges yeah. get out and everybody goes to Florida because it's warm and there are beaches everywhere yeah. and they party, you know, a lot of college age kids. Yeah. And they were doing it. You know, they were doing spring break. Wasn't that quite a while ago? Yeah, that was, a, that was a few weeks ago, but it was after these lockdowns started and people are partying in Florida by uh, the, you yeah. know, the millions, right? Do, do, you, know, do, you, know the, do you know the way to, to sort that out? What? Release some tigers. <laughs> Release some tigers. Right. That'll sort it out. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure that that's, uh, you know, I mean, there's ton, you know, thousands of vectors there for the virus. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then everybody brings it back to where they're from. You know, after going to Florida at a party, and so that, yeah, that doesn't yeah, help. And then you take it back, yeah. It's like, you know, the Planet of the Apes film. Is it the first one of the modern ones where they you see at the end? Have you seen, you know, the, you know, yes. the new path? You know, at the end of, is it the first or the second it's one? It's the first one. They show someone coughing, mm -hmm. and then the, the end credits are these planes going across the world. Mm -hmm. And it's how a virus spreads. You see this plane going to from LA, wherever it is, to Japan and then Japan to, you know, so you see how quick do you, do you know the one I mean? Yes, I do. I have seen that movie and yes, it is the first one of the new ones and yeah, that, that increase, showing the outbreak and how it spreads. That's it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's all I think about when I go shopping. It's terrible. Yeah. We'll be over it soon. We've got to be hopeful. It's going to be, it's going to be over with. We'll move on. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we'll make some changes to the world. You know, I'd like to think that will happen, that we have a bit more respect for nature and clean air and, you know, and maybe a bit more parity in terms of wealth and that people in the, you know, the, the caring services like the NHS for us and like, you know, the hospitals in America for you, they get paid more and the world, you know, we could become kind of people, nicer people, but you know, you just hope there are going to be changes after this is all, don't you? Well, I mean, yeah, and certainly having more preparation for the fact that these kinds of things can happen so that it doesn't spread so much before everyone, even anyone even starts doing anything about it. Well, that's a big thing here. There's, there's been a lot of criticism of the government because they left it 11 days or something later than they should have done to, to lock everything down. Mm -hmm. But who knows? Yeah. 
hopefully in two months' time, we'll all be jetting all over the world again. I'll be coming over to Milwaukee. You know, you'll be getting me to go to the living convention with Katie, mm. you know, and we're all back to normal again. Yeah, no, hopefully. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're coming to the end of my questions here, but obviously right now, because of the lockdown, you're not working on anything, but anything that you've been working on recently that you would like to talk about, you know, aside from Doctor Who? Well, what was I doing last? So, right. So I did a play last summer and I did, I did, you know, the film Doolittle that was being out. Mm -hmm. I worked on that. That was good. I played a whale in that. Mm. And what else have I done? Oh gosh. Yeah. That I've done a TV, well, a, a, a couple of episodes of a TV comedy over here. But not much, really. Um, in fact, this year, I don't want to swear on your thing, but this year, 2020, at the moment, can go and get lost. Mm. At the moment, Yeah, nothing's happened so far this year. So I guess acting and all that sort of stuff is so far out of my mindset at the minute. I mean, I'm writing. Mm -hmm. So I'm sort of my, my, my focus is on that at the moment. But last year was good, as I say. I worked, I was over in LA a couple of times. And I did some TV and I did some theatre, which is what you want to do, you know. And I did some Doctor Who as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but this year, I guess you just, I guess this year didn't happen. <laughs> well, I know you said that the Big Finish sent you some recording equipment. So hopefully, you know, you'll be doing yeah. some new Doctor Who. I'm hoping, I think it's, yeah, it depends how long this goes on for. In which case, if it goes on for another month or six weeks, then I imagine we'll probably do something sort of remotely, which will be an interesting thing to do, you know, doing it on Zoom, and I'll have to learn how to use a computer properly, I guess, if that happens, which is terrifying. Mm -hmm. And I've, because I've never really learned, I've never been technologically sort of <laughs> proficient in any respect. I can barely send an email. Yeah, so I'll have to learn how to do that, but we'll see. Okay, well, I definitely look forward to any new Third Doctor stuff that uh, comes out. Uh, certainly, if there's ever anything that you want to plug, just let me know and I can put in a word for it on my podcast. Yeah, if you want to give me some cash, everyone, my bank... No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, well, thank you very much. Well, I, yeah, I'll bear that in mind. But yeah, thank you. No, it's been, a, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, Nathan. Yeah, it was very great having you on. Thank you for giving your time. And that's it for the interview with Tim Trelore. I'm very grateful to Tim for his generosity with his time. It was good talking to him about Big Finish and everything else. So if you're listening to this, Tim, once again, thank you. And I hope that all of you listening had a good time also. Let me know what you think. You can do that in a variety of ways. You can email us at everything at 42cast.com. You can also tweet to us at at 42cast. You can go to facebook.com slash 42cast. You can visit the webpage at 42cast.com. Or you can leave us a review on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. I'm also going to put a link in the show notes with a... It'll definitely link to the Third Doctor Adventures. I'm going to see if there's some way that I can link to the Big Finish page sorting by all of the things that Tim has done because he has done a few other roles besides the Third Doctor. And so that way, if this interview has interested you in hearing more of Tim's work, you can go to the Big Finish page. You can purchase either a CD or a download only. The download only is obviously much cheaper, and you can listen to his work. I also want to make sure that everyone knows about the ESO Network Patreon. That's a way that you can support all of us at the ESO Network and also gives you access to exclusive content that's just on the Patreon. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash ESO Network. 
As a heads up for the rest of the year, Chicago TARDIS has now been officially canceled. It's going to be a virtual-only con, just like Dragon Con. I will most likely be participating in some fan panels, but there's no information yet as far as that. With Dragon Con, I've also participated on a few panels. I did a live panel pre-Dragon Con about the women of the DCCW universe. There will be another one coming during Dragon Con about villains and military science fiction. There will also be one with sharing little-known facts about Doctor Who. I'm also going to do one on the James Bond franchise. And as long as there are no scheduling conflicts, because the time right now is TBA as far as when we're recording, I'm going to be on a big finish one also. Oh, and also I'm going to be doing a panel on uh, the end of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So definitely keeping busy with that. I'm still hoping to hear back from the American Sci-Fi Classics track with some panels for them, but so far I haven't heard anything. But I think that's going to end up being my full list from the other tracks at Dragon Con. I also want to make sure that everyone's aware of the Time Streams podcast. That's a sister show to the 42 cast where Juliet and I go through all of Doctor Who. We're going through all of televised Doctor Who, I guess I should clarify that. And we're going to discuss every story. Now, along the way, we might do some big finish and some other stuff as well as sort of special episodes. But I figure if you're interested in the Tim Trelore interview, then you are probably a Doctor Who fan. And if so, you might want to check out Time Streams as well. So it's available in all the same places that you can get the 42 cast. In fact, if you're downloading the 42 cast straight from the website, then all you have to do is click the Time Streams link on the right side of the webpage, and you will see all of the Time Streams episodes as well. So also check that out. But for now, that's a wrap. Join us back next week when Tatiana Maslani will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off. You have been listening to the 42Cast, copyright 2020. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42Cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42Cast is a proud member of the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.